0: ahead head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris, from the doorstep, saves the day for the Sounders.
1: Clear. A foot race the other way.
0: It doesn't get much better than this, folks! The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wigan, and with me today is uh, a guy with a pumpkin head uh, if you're watching the video here it looks like he's got one of those mcdonald's uh is it a happy meal logan what's going on there logan
1: yeah i've got a, a mcdonald's happy meal if nobody knows right now october 18th when we're recording this um, and i think as long as they until they sell out mcdonald's is selling their happy meals in the old school mcdonald's 19 what this is probably 1990s or like a uh, pumpkin buckets yeah. that we used to get when we were kids. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, uh, Ashley, guys, stop by. It's called a McPumpkin. I have no re- I Did not realize that we are not sponsored by McDonald's. But I thought it was fun. <laughs> well,
0: what a day that would be. I um, know, right? You and I especially. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so I, I saw somebody post that earlier today, mm-hmm. the, the pumpkin thing, and I said, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of in the early '90s. I got this uh, Halloween audio cassette Mm. from mcdonald's it was like a ronald mcdonald yep audio halloween set and i used to listen to that all the time but it'd be like some sort of i don't know audio drama where Mm they would have songs and it would also i don't know do do little bits in between the songs or whatever but i'll have to look it up uh (laughs) and see if i remember it i don't know where it is now so i'll have to google it but um i'm sure it probably came in one of those pumpkins back in the day so
1: Jordan, you remember like uh, the old school? They were like little music clips. And I think they were only about 30 seconds. And you had like the little player that McDonald's had, and you just slipped like the little CDs inside of them. And they played like, I mean, NSYNC had them, Britney Spears had them, Backstreet Boys. And it was just like a 30 minute clip. And this was long before iPods. So it was like.
0: You mean 30 second is... clip?
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But I they think had so. Those... I think I remember that. Yeah. They had, I liked when they did the whole line of Hamburglar, uh, like he's in different like spots and like stealing different things. I love that. But I'm just like thinking back to all the McDonald's toys that we had where they were just like, you had to go get them. And they'd advertise them so much on TV.
0: So it was called the Scary Sound Effects Nightmare Noise for, for Halloween. And it was a cassette tape. I found it ten dollars and i can get that and another ronald mcdonald one
1: is that on ebay
0: (laughs) It was on uh where was that yeah ebay
1: oh now you make me want to go down the rabbit hole of just looking at mcdonald's toys from the old days they had a lot
0: of the old buckets on there too if you if you look for those we're not here to talk about that but we are here to say that it is almost halloween the playoffs are almost going to be over by the time it's halloween and guess what logan just like Halloween, it was a scary weekend for for some of these teams who <laughs> uh, ended up getting knocked out in the playoffs. You want to know what else is spooky? If I'm looking the at this States right. National team? No, I was going to say, if I'm looking oh. at this right, I predicted each winner of the weekend. So, right? I'm feeling pretty good. I had uh, Montreal, NYCFC, Cincinnati, Austin, Dallas, LA. And you had every single one as well, except for except Nashville. Nashville. You had Nashville. So spooky season. I got it all right. Am I a prophet? We don't know. We'll, we'll find out if Philly wins MLS Cup, I guess. Uh we got a few storylines I want to hit before we talk about the games that happened. Uh Caleb Porter fired from the crew last Monday, like right after our episode posted, where <laughs> I said he probably had more time, but Columbus crew fans, let it be known. And this was the sentiment Sunday night after they got bounced out. He can't keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it. And he didn't. He was gone. Caleb Porter gone. The only year. He made it in the playoffs with the crew. He wins MLS Cup. He mm. misses the next two years. He's gone. Uh, very interesting. We'll see how that goes. Uh, one thing I read is that some people thought he would go to Houston because he had the Pat Onstott connection because Pat was at crew. But from what I think Sam Stasekul said, uh, they didn't have a good working relationship. Don't, so don't expect him to go to Houston uh i think you thought it was a better chance of him leaving than i did what what are your mm-hmm. thoughts now that we know that uh caleb porter fired
1: yeah i mean i think it boils down to just their performance of uh really i mean this team was expected jordan like i remember last season we were projecting them to be like one of these dream teams the team so deep that like we thought they were in lafc in the making we thought that this was just going to be a complete run Kevin Molino starts the season hurt, and then it just felt like everything deteriorated from then. Aiden Morris ended up tearing his ACL last year, and then after that, it sent them into this awful spiral. And you and I looked at the roster um, last week's show, so if you if you go back and listen to that, we were talking about how old these guys are. It's an aging roster. Um, you really have some young guys that are some nice pieces to kind of build forward with. But, I mean, I, I just... I don't think that this team is in a very good spot. And I think that we're going to get into like this situation, Jordan, where I think you've got an aging veteran team, but that is always uh, at, you know, 60 or 70%, um, just depending on how healthy they are. Uh, And then you've got the issues of uh, now not having a coach that fits in the system. Um, You're looking at an Eastern Conference that I think is going to get better than they were this year. So, I mean, it, it does seem that, there's some teams kind of trending up. It seems like this team is one of the ones that'll be stuck in kind of the middle, and until Aiden Morris, you know, until Aiden Morris kind of, I think, grows into a pretty talented player, I think that's what we're looking at. This team is going to be kind of in this weird spot, um, and I don't know long how long Aiden Morris lasts. But I mean, you got Zelayon, who I don't know if, uh, you know, if he'll have interest in sticking around if this team's all of a sudden going downward again this coming year in 2023 if he looks at this and goes all right it might be time to move and they've got some good pieces that could move and go in somewhere else right now so i don't know it seems like they're in a state of flux right now
0: guess it all depends on who they get to fill the role mm-hmm. um look with with the way montreal's playing people are starting to link uh wilfred nancy to a, a lot of these roles uh with open I saw some Columbus fans wanting him. I saw, you know, people saying that he should be definitely up there for some of the um, open positions in the league. And what's interesting about that is I, I always look at that kind of interesting because you're like, well, he's doing pretty darn good with Montreal right now. Mm-hmm. And why would you leave that? But if you're going to get to a point where, you know, the coaches know more, right, than we do, how their relationship is with, uh, GMs and the board. Where if he feels like, oh, I'm probably not going to get a lot of these options that I want. Uh, maybe I can move to a different position uh, at a different company, like not a different company. I'm talking. Sorry, Logan and I were talking about my new position at work, but <laughs> yeah. uh, a new position at a new club, you know, and uh, having to uh, maybe. Maybe there's something more lucrative there for him. Maybe he does look at the crew and says, oh, I can have zeller and I can have Chucho Hernandez and a, a, a club that historically buys players. Like, oh, maybe I could go there. But I think it's too early to even really think about that. Um, we'll, pro- we'll, we'll probably see as we go, right? Um, I, If I'm the crew, I want somebody installed pretty quickly after the playoffs end. Um, maybe during the World Cup, you're able to get somebody because the season right? is scheduled to start near the end of February because we know that from the Rose Bowl game, which okay. is supposed to be like February 25th.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we know that it's coming quick, and uh, you're going to want somebody on the same page as your GM as soon as possible. Um, so if you're the crew, you're going to want to make sure you lock that down you want to make sure you get somebody in that's going to buy in and uh be able to be able to I don't know actually play attractive soccer with with these players. Yeah, you know, I felt like that was one of Caleb Porter's weaknesses. The team wasn't very fun to watch. They're also giving up leads late all the time, so. Uh okay, we, so we had the MLS salaries uh release come out. Uh, we're not going to go over all of it. We're going to talk about the one that sparked the most interest, I think is what it was. Uh, Berkey, goalkeeper for St. Louis, hasn't played a game yet, getting paid $1.5 million a year. People pointed out that that is, what, more than half of Andre Blake, who is in the running for MVP, by the way. He's a finalist of MVP, and he's also a finalist for goalkeeper of the year. Well... I'm kind of like half on this. If if Berkey's going to be good, it's kind of invaluable, right? To to have that, but you you would want to spread out that money somewhere else. But I also think historically, like Andre Blake should be making one point five million dollars a year. <laughs> you know, he shouldn't be making what Andre Blake makes. Uh, and when you look at how salaries are effective, like I think they said like the highest salary in MLS would be equal to like 27th in the championship. Well, there's no 27th in the championship, but like 20 in the 20s of the championship, which is, you know, uh, just pretty crazy number there, if if that's true. I I, I can't find it right now. But the issue with that is that you're going to have to be able to draw people in without them just always being dps all the time you know that's why we run into some of these issues where you have a team of like three good dps and then the rest of the players are not up to par because you can't afford to spread it out the wealth and you know you end up with a bad situation uh logan what's your thoughts on roman Berkey here as a, a former goalkeeper for Borussia dortmund up to 2022 just gonna shout that out here so from 2015 to 2022 he was at dortmund that's a high club i think that's probably the only way you get him is by paying him 1.5 but he's gonna have to go out there and and prove that he's worth that money yeah
1: i mean i I think it makes sense um and then people like they speak highly of him like reading through I was just reading through like the press conference when they introduced him and actually the director of uh, the sporting director at Dortmund said that um, for seven years, he's played with Dortmund. He's given his all. Um, he's gotten on the, the the sheet a couple times as their number one. He wasn't their number one, but he has had instances in, I think Europa. I think he's played once in the champions league. So he's got some experience. Um, I think this is just one of those situations where it fits. Um, second goalkeepers. I mean, Uh, I always kind of equate them to like the backup catchers is they get to shine every once in a while, but for the most part, they just kind of go unspoken about and you don't really just hear anything about them. Um, a lot of money. Uh, but I don't know in the way that the league's going, I mean, that's a ton of money, but I, I still think that the league is going in a direction where soon we'll be looking back on that and say, that's not that much money. So, um, Right now it seems extraordinarily high, but I think because it's an expansion club because of the player, um, because we just don't know anything about St. Louis yet. I think there's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, pressure and anxiety and all sorts of different things. Criticism. People like to throw criticism at different clubs. And I'm, I am totally guilty of doing that as well. So again, we were on here and and we bashed Charlotte pretty hard, but again, they almost made the playoffs. So it, it, I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. Uh, if the product's not good, then yes, they've overpaid. But I just don't know much about him and
0: how he'll play here. Goalkeeper is always a tough thing to re- yeah. <laughs> Like I, I really feel that. Like When I look at Berkey, I, I know he played at Dortmund. Uh, he was a starter, really, from 2015 to mm-hmm. 2020. He played 19 games in 2020 to 2021. One game in the Bundesliga from 2021 to 2022, but it's just such a hard position when you're looking at stats to be like, okay, like like basic stats, right? Like right. you're gonna have to probably look a little bit more in the weeds here um, to figure out how well he'll do. But even then, it's it's always different seeing it in uh, in action, right? Especially while he's playing like in St. Louis two right mm-hmm. now. And he's going to have to make the leap to MLS, which I'm sure he could do. He played in the Bundesliga. But it's just like, okay, how old is he? I didn't even check that. 31. Um, 31. Okay, he's young. Yeah. Like, okay, that's my age. All right, guys, he's young. He's <laughs> he's, he's a spry young man. Right. And right. He's going to maybe uh, be able to, to pull it out. But uh, we'll see.
1: They may even uh, call him youthful, Jordan.
0: Yeah, well, I don't call myself youthful. I, uh... <laughs> uh before also before we get started, they, they started announcing awards. Young player of the year goes to Jesus uh Fiera, which I think shocked me a bit. Um so the MLS website says this was fifteen percent of the players voted for Jesus Ferreira. Twenty-three percent of clubs voted for Jesus Ferrera. But fifty-eight point five percent of the media voted for Jesus Vieira. Cons- kind of like consider that with uh, the the runner-up Tiago Almada from Atlanta, nineteen percent of players, twenty-five percent of the clubs, and only seven percent of the media voting for Almada. And then when you look at Brenner five percent voted by the players eight percent by the media and ten percent by the clubs i'm actually surprised brenner's not higher up here but i i guess i'm surprised by just the 58 percent from the media for Hazers Ferreira, is it just that almada's not as well known like do you think this is an instance of the media just being like oh i know Ferreira? yeah i mean he had I... a good season but i mean i think all of these players had a Good season. I don't know. It's it's
1: tough. I, I just there's some awards. I'm just like I don't understand. Like uh, I don't get their reasoning in behind it. But I mean, I get Jesus uh, that played. He played well. But I don't. I don't know. Like I don't, how do they decide? You know, heavily on on one player and not the next. And then the fact that the players are, are such a different percentage compared to and the clubs too like uh, yeah I
0: don't... that's what uh, i feel like those people would know better than than they us would. right yeah. so i i kind of sucks for uh for almada that uh um that he didn't get it because uh you know he had such an edge uh four percent more on each of those i believe mm-hmm. so uh just just kind of odd um, I, I don't know if I've ever seen the media outweigh something so much when we look at these in the past few years. So let's, let's track that Logan. We're going to track that for some of these other awards. When they tell us who voted, mm-hmm. I want to see if we see something like this again, where like the players and the clubs are voting kind of evenly and maybe one player has an edge. And then the media says, Nope, this mm-hmm. guy, 58%. Uh, Because that's interesting, and it makes me wonder who the rest of the media voted for, because 58%, 7%, and 8% don't equal 100, right? So what other players were getting a lot of votes from the media? That's what I really wonder. Um, But if we're going to look at previous winners of Young Player of the Year, since it changed over to Young Player of the Year 2020 was Diego Rossi. 2021 ricardo pepe and 2022 is hazers Fera. um rookie of the year was before that which was always a tough thing to do because you could only give it really to like rookies <laughs> you know new young mm-hmm. player of the year at least um they could you know it, this is a very different sport compared to like baseball and football where you do these basic rookie of the year stuff Okay, let's go ahead and start talking some of these playoffs. I know it's the moment everyone is probably waiting for. This weekend, Logan, we had the New York Red Bulls host Cincinnati, and Cincinnati moves on their first ever playoff game, and they win it. Uh, Lewis Morgan scored first in the 48th minute. He's going to leave injured, which really kind of – Set it up for Cincy from there. Uh, Cincy then kind of takes over with uh, an Acosta penalty kick in the 74th and a Brandon Vasquez 86-minute winner with an assist from Sergio Santos. And he had the better XG. It, it was just like Red Bull. What I would say is Red Bull played pretty much the way they play every single game this year. And when I saw them in person against NYCFC in the Hudson river Derby in July, it felt like goals weren't really going to come from them. It felt that way during this game for a bit too. It was a lot of crossing. It was a lot of buildup that just went nowhere. They eventually got a goal, uh, which was by uh, like, like I said, it was by um, Morgan. It was a pretty nice goal. And then just nothing like they had nothing and they had no fans to even get them going because nobody showed up on a saturday at 12 p.m for a playoff game and i got gotten arguments with people over twitter on this not on the state side account but on my account because people said well they're not investing enough they're not it's stuff that we talked about right we've talked mm-hmm. about how this team is kind of like playing little brother to the other uh, other Red Bull teams because they're not pumping in any money. I looked at the stats. Since 2018, attendance is just dropping. And what's curious, right, is they had 13 seasons in a row making a playoff. Uh, if I have that right. I'm pretty sure I saw the tweet somewhere. If not, let's just say... They've been consistently in the playoffs since their attendance has started to decline. And I get it's New York and I get they need a star and I get that it's in New Jersey and that people complain about that. I understand all that, but when it's the playoffs, you got to show up to support your team. This doesn't send a message to your owners saying you have to put more money into it. In fact, it tells them you have to put less in it because we're not showing up for even a playoff game, a home playoff game that, even though they aren't spending a lot of money, they're in the playoffs. You know what other team doesn't spend a lot of money and is in the playoffs? The Philadelphia Union. And they packed that thing. And guess what? Their stadium's in Chester, not Philadelphia. So I'm not really going to hear the Harrison, New Jersey stuff about this. I'm not really going to hear about the lack of funding because to me, that makes it more impressive. They even got in the playoffs and they got a home game. What do they need to do to draw fans in? It can't just be, we need a star player. They're a good team right now. Yes. They're not like great. They're not going to win MLS cup. Obviously. Cause they just got knocked out, but I don't know. I, I feel like if my team was in the playoffs, I show up. I don't understand why they won't uh just because you're not spending money because i'm like well you you're not spending money and you're still good i'm gonna show up like I, I don't know it doesn't make any sense to me what are your thoughts on the stadium situation and red bull as a whole
1: i mean the whole new york stadium situation is bonkers whether you're talking about the red bull whether you're talking about nycfc different problems but but similar turnout and similar understand like i got New York City I think Jordan has always been the hub when you when you talk about other sports even when they're bad. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like even when the Jets and Giants are bad, there's still this huge understanding that like they they could piece together a team and there's going to be high expectations for every single New York team. Um and they've been really bad for, I mean, uh, it's probably been eight years since one of them has been, I mean, since this year, but like before this year, it's been a long time. The Knicks and the Nets, same kind of thing. They're they're fans, and I hate to say this just because it'll probably make a lot of the New York, New Jersey fans mad, they're fair weather fans. Like they're not like, I don't know, they're just not, it's like that big city kind of thing. Like if you take a look at the fan base, they're not going to show up when again you don't have the high quality players like an LAFC does, right? I think they like they like the glitz and the glamour, even if the player is not great. For instance, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, um, when they had Patrick Ewing with the Knicks, like that they they like star power there, and New York's never bringing star power to their sports teams. Look at them. It's been so long since one of them really had a star player that was with them for a while. They come and go just like the the fans. It's sad to say. Uh, I mean, Madison Square Garden has been relatively empty for basketball games. Barclays Center, they built in a really weird spot in Brooklyn. Um, I think it's in – or it might even be in New Jersey, I think, at that point. But, like – No, it's it's in Brooklyn. Okay. So, but, again, like, I don't know. Their fans just – maybe not fair weather, but they they are – Drawn to stars and when there's not stars there, they don't care. Like they the team could be good. They could be like, well, there's nothing there that's shiny. So I I think that's an issue that New York and Brooklyn and New Jersey have. One thing we need to
0: point out too that people pointed out game three, Padres, Mets. Yeah. Not sold out.
1: Right. Every other game. A do
0: or die go home, keep going at City Field. Right. Not sold out now mm-hmm. of course that could be dealing with ticket prices and all that kind of stuff but so you know we, we can't judge it like that but man it's... some of the some of the excuses i heard on this were uh well my kid uh all people have kids that have games at 12 o'clock on a saturday yeah guess what my kid's not going that day my kid's going <laughs> to see a playoff game right uh screw his rec league like yeah. <laughs> you know he can miss a day um Unless if he wanted to play. If he wants yeah. to play, that's fine. But like if 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 he's not worried, if he wants to go see a playoff game and he has a game, guess what? I'm going to take him to see a playoff game. Because he will have, if he plays soccer, 10, 15 years of rec soccer that he can enjoy, your team's not always guaranteed to be in the playoffs. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And maybe that changed the outcome of the game if they have fans willing them on. Maybe not. Uh, we saw Austin come from behind they had a great fan base show up for that game it's just a bummer because and I was thankful it wasn't on English broadcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) except for the app because uh it would like if somebody flips on ESPN and sees that stadium and and how it's not filled they'd be they don't take it seriously right they'd be like what am I watching
1: But I mean, here's another thing I guess from the fans uh, that are not fans of Red Bull can answer for us is I think if you took this team out of there and placed it anywhere else, maybe besides like Miami, uh, Miami has the same kind of issue with fans. There's much more interesting things in Miami than maybe going to a sports game. Um, But I think if you take this team and move them to, say, Cincinnati, even Philly, even Minnesota, like, They're just warriors. They fight. This is a pretty decent team. They just need a little bit more oomph. And then I think they're at that next level. But but again, if you take this team out of New York, this team would be a fun team to go watch. But I think because they don't they lack the superstar, then New York City's like, yeah, we're good. Um, What what did I do?
0: no you keep saying if you take them out of new york and i'm sure people will point out and yelling in their car they're, they're, they're out not in new, new york, york they're right. in new jersey right okay <laughs> so
1: they're the same place all right um for people in the south there you guys are the same place um new jersey new york what's the difference uh i'm kidding i'm totally joking i know that there's not a i watched how or how i met your mother i get it i understand that there is a huge difference mm-hmm. um but another thing just talking about the game jordan uh a couple things that i want to bring up um one uh, Frankie Amaya not doing it to his old team when he said, I want to leave to go further. And there goes Cincinnati flying right by them. I thought that was yes. funny. The Weigel twins, I forget, I think it was Brian that tweeted it out, thought that was hilarious. Um, and then
0: another
1: thing that's not so funny, Jordan, is Aaron Long got absolutely destroyed by Brenner, by Brandon Vasquez. Like it is, I mean, Things just keep getting progressively worse for the U.S. men's national team as we watch it unfold. The only thing that is a bright spot right now is Josh Sarge- Josh Sargent pull sick and playing. Yeah. Brendan Aronson slowed down a little bit. Tyler Adams slowed down a little bit. P Fox hurt. Um, our defense is in shambles. Walker Zimmerman, Aaron Long will both be sidelined now because Nashville lost. Up until. We're a month out from them getting into training. They won't be there, uh, they, or sorry, they won't be playing meaningful games until they get there. So uh, it is not looking good on the homeward front. But um, but the, Jordan, the 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 reason why they lost is just this Cincinnati team is a much better team. I think this team is again. I we I tweeted this. You and I talked about this. I this is the last thing that the Philadelphia Union won. And uh, that's saying a lot because I think the union are the best team in the whole league. So
0: we'll we'll get there when we preview it, because I got some stuff to say and I got some stats. uh, It'll be interesting. Look at some head to heads. All right. Galaxy versus Nashville. That was also a Saturday. Now I missed this one. I'll, I'll throw my hand up for that. I was at a wedding and uh, right as soon as the thing kicked off, pretty much I had to leave for the wedding and that wedding, I was there till 10 PM. So I did not get to catch any of this game. Unfortunately, But from what I saw saw as I'm checking the score as the, you know, uh, as the wedding ceremonies are going on and the rings are being passed. I'm just kidding. I didn't check it then. I checked it when I was getting out of there. But uh, when I was getting up from my seat to go to the cocktail hour, I check and I see one nothing Mm -hmm. LA Galaxy. And uh, that was uh, right after they scored, actually, that I saw that um, notification. Uh, And that was 60th minute uh nashville just i guess couldn't get couldn't get it going i'm, I'm trying to find uh some stats here is a 3 p.m game on a saturday these games should have been night games i'm sorry i know this was because univision picked those picked those games but it's a saturday and you're doing a one a 12 was it a 12 and a three yeah come on And then Sunday has like a 10 o'clock game or uh, no, it was the eight o'clock was the latest one. Right. Mm -hmm. But a Monday has a 10 o'clock game and the Saturday doesn't have that when we can stay up late. Uh, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Uh, LA galaxy had more possession. They had less shots. Nashville actually had more shots trying to find X G, but I don't have that in front of me, but this was a home game for the galaxy. The galaxy has been peaking at the right time. Nashville had kind of started struggling a bit more and the galaxy pull it out and greg Vanny, i told him he'd get to the playoffs he got to the playoffs i told you all he'd get to the playoffs he got to the playoffs and now he got through the first round i think that makes it sound even better if you lose that first round it's almost like why do you even bother showing up to the playoffs but he gets a home game that turns out to help I assume, right? I mean, like, anytime you're playing at home is going to help. And uh, they beat Nashville. Gary Smith wasn't there because he was apparently under the weather. Uh, So hopefully he's feeling a a little better now. So I kind of felt like once that news came out, which was like an hour before kickoff, I was like, oh, Galaxy's definitely got this. Like I, I felt like if Nashville doesn't have their coach... It's a tough spot to be like in a playoff game, being like, "Well, we're gonna have an interim manager, and maybe Gary's able to relay some stuff to him." But I don't know; it, it just it, it doesn't feel good. I think when you hear that right before uh, the game starts, and um, Galaxy move on. I'm trying to look at; uh, I can't find any XG, but okay. Galaxy win one nothing. Probably could have been more convincing. We're going to get an El Trafico. What was your thoughts on Galaxy beating Nashville? Um,
1: I think the Hani Mukhtar dependency for Nashville ultimately is just what, it's the weakness of this team. There is, there is uh, you can argue with me all you want, there is nothing besides Hani Mokhtar. He's combined for 30, or he's contributed to 30 goals, 23 and 7 assists um, for a Golden Boot winner, an MVP winner. But, man, this MVP is just kind How of How many out goals there. he contribute to? 30.
0: Yeah, they have fifty-two. So yeah, yeah that's more than half. Of them. <laughs> right.
1: Um, and honestly, even the ones that he's not directly involved with, he's involved. It's that. It's just the taxiing the ball between uh, defenders and and that. I guess the weakness that they have up front. Jordan CJ Sapong had the most, the second most goals scored for Nashville. Do you know how many goals he scored? If you just oh, had to guess. Boy. I mean, it, um, it doesn't leave you with much options because twenty-two is the difference, but. Or not 22, uh, sorry. Uh, 29 is the difference.
0: I don't how many goals he scored.
1: Yeah. CJ Sapong, second leading scorer on Nashville. Oh
0: boy. Uh, I'll go ahead and say he had five.
1: Yeah, you're correct. That oh is really? Correct. CJ Sapong had five goals and second for Nashville. Um, for a guy I that... like I
0: read his name that many times. So right. I felt, I felt <laughs> pretty okay about that. Yeah.
1: And I think he had two, I think he had a hat trick maybe this year. Um, if I'm not wrong, um, but, I mean, just Teal Bunbury, just not going to do it. Randall Lial is a creator, but not much of a finisher. And then after that, Jordan, they really just don't have much. Um, their defense was not as good and stout as it has been in the past. Um, they've actually struggled uh, more so than they've ever struggled defensively, I think. Um, I, I just, this team, man, uh, they're going to get back into the East, which is good for them because the East is weaker than the West. Much, um,
0: better, much better for them.
1: Right, um, they went up against the hottest team in MLS right now, which is the Galaxy. Um, and honestly, Jordan, I thought the Galaxy looked pretty decent. Like I thought they've held their own. I, I think their chances were good if they could just get on the end and finish them. Uh, again, we're talking about another weakness I think that the Galaxy have um, is finishing along with Nashville. So this was not a. But like I think, I think Galaxy goes up against a better opponent, Jordan, and they'd get they, they they'd get beat just because I just don't know. If they're going to create enough chances to finish them and be, you know, like a LAFC. I just don't see it. I do think they're playing well, but I don't know. I'm just not sold um, that they're going to actually get it done. But
0: well, so here, here's what I want to point out. Okay. XG, I found it Okay, mm-hmm. 1.0 for LA Galaxy. So they nailed it. Nailed it. Nashville 0.6, right? So you're not going to do a lot with 0.6. There's another team we're going to talk about in a little bit that had like 0.6. I almost attribute this to it being a 12 o'clock West Coast game. Uh, We usually see through the Univision, Unimas, Twitter games that they suck. They suck. And it's that mid-afternoon game just sucks most of the time. They're going to go up against LAFC at 10 p.m. Eastern, seven o'clock Western, you know Pacific time, and it's going to be under the lights, MLS After Dark, if we want to say that right. So I, I do think anything can happen at, at that point, uh, but plus, I'm not giving the bye my, week. I'm not giving my thoughts yet on yeah. who's going to win that, but I, I do want to say I think they'll have. While you might look at this, while people might look at this and say, well, they went up against an okay Nashville team at home and they uh, only scored one goal and only put up one XG. So they weren't really peppering a lot of chances. I would almost say that's pretty par for the course for these afternoon games. (laughs) It's almost like the watching the primetime NFL games uh, where not a lot going on. I don't know if it's the heat or if it's just like they're they're so out of whack with they're usually playing at 7 p.m and they have to put on, you know, play at 12, you know, three o'clock for us is fine. You're like, okay, maybe they'll be okay. But some of those games suck too, but it's going to be 12 o'clock Pacific time when they're going up against Nashville. And I don't know, I feel like that's such a weird time to kick off. Like where you're, I I know like they do in other countries and we've done games like that at 12 o'clock, but it's, I don't know. It's kind of like a 12 o'clock on a Saturday feels like a weird time to kick off and I'm sure that their prep is totally different. What time they have to get there, what time, you know, what time they have to wake up and eat breakfast and stuff. It-, it probably totally different than if it was a game day at seven o'clock. So I'm hoping that's what it is. Cause I really want to see a good El Trafico matchup. And if galaxy come out and can't put up a lot, um, I worry against uh, for them against LAFC. Okay. uh, Let's move on. Austin RSL. So this was the Sunday game. This was a five o'clock, three o'clock, three, three o'clock, two o'clock central Uh, Austin host RSL. They come out very flat, Austin, at home with a huge crowd. The crowd was silent. 2 0 in the first 15 minutes. Cordova in the third minute and a 15th minute penalty from a handball. Drewsi gets one back in the 31st minute. And then it becomes Austin just trying to score, trying to score. You're going to get a red card, a second yellow for Rubio Rubin. Logan, what was he doing? that you already have a yellow, all right? And you're an attacker, okay? So so a red card for an attacker is unexcusable, uh, inexcusable. I'm sorry, it just is. A second yellow for an attacker is just, you're dumb. And maybe that's why attackers get them sometimes is because they're not used to having <laughs> a second yellow or something. I don't know. But that ball that he slides into, he was never going to get to he ends up taking out was it the goalkeeper yeah uh, for austin stuver takes him out he already got a yellow ref comes over shows him another yellow there's no no complaints if you're an rsl fan that complained about this you're crazy this was pretty by the book and i don't know what he's doing you're an attacker you don't have to go that hard for the ball you're already Up, You're winning two to one. You already have a yellow. I don't get it. That was just boneheaded. And guess what? Drucy gets another penalty. Uh, There's a a handball now for Austin this time, 90 plus four minutes, leaving it at the death. Drucy converts it. They're going to go play extra time, which is insane because they've been playing a man down since the 52nd minute. And now they have to go an extra 30 minutes. Uh, down a man, and then you have to go to penalties, and just it was uh three-one penalties. Austin RSL was brutal at the penalty takes. I, uh, you know, when you when you have Austin setting up their three best penalty takers, and you don't have that for RSL, and they're reading out the names for who's taking these RSL penalties, and I'm like, that's who's going up against these really great austin players they're done they're done and they were done uh they went penalties last year was against portland is is that do i have that right they went up to penalties last year rsl and Mm -hmm.
1: uh yeah they uh, moved on
0: yeah that was the thanksgiving game Mm -hmm. i think it was uh but i don't know any thoughts on rubio Rabin or austin or rsl here
1: The third best attacking team and you decide it's a good idea to go sliding into a keeper on a yellow card that you had no chance, Jordan, like no chance of dispossessing Stuver at all. It was like one of those last minute, let me just see what happens kind of thing. Like it's one of those like send a message yellow cards, except like you're already on a yellow. You didn't really need to knock over the keeper just for fun. Like it would have been stupid just to get one yellow. Uh, doing that but to get it double yellow red card sent off in the 51st minute against the third best attacking team you're going down 10 men um, things have to change the formations have to change they got to get more defensive I think in that situation because then it's just hold on for dear life um, and when it's two I, I think it actually hurt them that it was 2 one two, because then you're really playing defensively thinking okay we can just hold on to this lead or even just take it into extra time we could win there it, it ultimately just Completely comes apart for RSL Jordan. I don't uh, know if you really caught much of it. Did you catch much of this? Did you watch all of it? I couldn't remember if you were Austin
0: game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, the only thing I missed—that's right—because you is came when back. I went to pick up yes, pizza, but that's right. I got back in time. No, for... you didn't miss
1: anything when between yeah. your text and when you got back, nothing was missed. It was like okay, no, you didn't miss anything. But yeah, after I left you got to, like, back... right when
0: the game ended yes. and and uh, for end it regular time. Yes, and then I. Came back a few minutes into right, the, and there was you know, like some time. stoppage
1: there too. I forget yeah. why, but there was some stoppage there where they had to do. Oh, I think it was because uh, their keeper went down, uh, RSL's did. Um, so it like he kept having issues, I think, with his hip. Um, but I mean, it, it just it was a perfect storm. RSL had it coming. Uh, Jordan, a fun little stat Austin, uh, Taylor 12 tweeted this out today. Um, the tickets went on sale at 8 uh, p.m. Or sorry, at 10 a.m. Central time. I was going to say and, 8
0: p.m. It's right. not even 8 p.m. here. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> um, eight, They're at 10 a.m. Central time today, uh, this morning, and instantly sold out um, on ESPN. Tickets are now ranging from $204 to $3,000, including fees. The club has now sold out 35 matches in a row. I mean, this place is a dangerous place to play, and RSL was playing with fire. They deserve to lose that game. It's a really stupid play by Rubio. Um, they were missing Bobby Wood. Obviously they were missing Aaron Herrera guys that are really crucial to this, uh, RSL team. And I think this was just one of those teams, Jordan, that snuck in again. Uh, it was a really good run. I thought they put up a great fight. They were headed Austin, but this is just some lower seed stuff that they pulled like this was just some, and then it really just shows you what this team lacks when they have to go take penalties. They just don't have that it factor or any it factors because, you know, when you don't have Krylock, when you don't have Aaron Herrera, when you don't have Bobby Wood, those are your three best players. Yeah. So it's like, what what are you supposed to do then? And you just hope by a team effort, you can get it done. And then when your fourth best player goes out and Ruby over then you're really screwed. So it, it just it was it was a perfect storm. Austin gets their first postseason win at home, which is really cool. So uh, but again, the three headed dragon, like you said, it's scary, very, very scary.
0: All right, Montreal hosts Orlando. Montreal's going to move on. Uh, Kone scores in the 60th minute. He looked pretty good uh, that game. Mahalovich get a 90-plus-9-minute penalty to seal it uh, to another. Orlando looked bad in the first half, I thought, but they also, I thought, had really better, clear chances in the first half. But if you look at their XG, it doesn't seem like they did because they couldn't muster a 1.0. I think they had a .6, just like Nashville. Um, I don't know anything you want to say about Orlando as mem- uh, memorializing their season um, that ends here, but also got an open cup. I don't know, uh, kind of a disappointed. I feel like disappointment, disappointing performance against Montreal, and you know Montreal's a good team, but just felt like they, they, I don't know they look so slow and some of the buildup.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I think you need. Uh, they got some nice pieces. Like, I, I think they have some nice pieces going forward. Facundo Torres is, I think, going to be spectacular. Uh, Ercon Cara, I think, had a decent first year as a striker. and I think he only gets better. Um, there are times where I think he just holds up the ball too long
0: um,
1: instead of getting it out to maybe an outlet or something uh, on the wing, trying to get the ball out. Um, but I think they need a winger or two that are going to create more chances, maybe somebody in the midfield that creates more Um, I think Mauricio Pereira is getting older. And I I think as he gets older, the creativity just kind of slows down just because he's just not as quick as he once was. Um, But ultimately, I think what it boils down to is, I mean, just creating chances in the attack. Like I think Facundo Torres is pretty much it as far as creation is concerned. Eric Ancaro is going to score goals, but he needs somebody to get the ball to him in dangerous spots, and that's something Orlando City has lacked. They have to learn how to win on the uh, at home again, which is weird. But uh, they have one of the best fan bases when it is uh, somewhat busy uh, at the stadium. Um, they have one of the best home crowds. I think it's hard to win in Orlando when the crowd's behind you. Um, but I think the Wills also have to spend defensively just because, I mean, Robin Johnson, uh, Antonio Carlos, they're just not going to stay healthy. I mean, I think we've seen that now. You've got to have some youthful center backs, I think. Um, maybe throw in a left back or two because I don't know if Joao Matinho's necessarily it. So I, I think they've got a lot of places they can kind of make some corrections. I, I wouldn't say that they're a completely disastrous team, but I do think that they lack in a lot of attacking areas. So, but Montreal looked great. I thought um, Mihaljevic looked great. Wanyama looked fantastic. Kone looked absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Montreal's a tough place to go play, and that's, uh, that's why. They're a freaking good team, and Wilfred Nancy deserves all the credit he gets. Jordan, you remember he was like the last, like I wanted to say this when we were talking about it, he was like a last option for them. Like he was internally, yeah, a guy oh, in yeah.
0: oh, okay, fine. So, yeah, it was weird. But He was that last year already that mm-hmm. Terry on Ray left mm-hmm. uh, before the season and all just a insane that was yeah, like an insane start that was an insane start to your first MLS right. season, by the way <laughs>
1: it was yeah it was
0: just a wild period yeah uh NYCFC versus Miami NYCFC moves on they beat them uh beat Miami 3-0 with Pereira in the 63rd minute uh, Morales in the 69th and uh Hebert in the 90 plus 2 Miami didn't really have many chances I, I don't know that miami was kind of like this team that was on again off again all season i guess they were gonna finish off again and uh that's really it nycfc guess what at least somebody's playing in city field during october i guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh that's ouch um yeah no i, I mean miami just looked done i don't know what it was I, I just don't know if it's because they they just don't have the talent to stack up against nycfc but they really did just look like they weren't really much of a up a threat at all to nycfc um nycfc was going to get what they had to do uh and i think they ultimately created enough chances to do so um gonzalo iguain jordan riding off into the sunset yeah, he with gone his, with his shiny head so um but uh, exciting stuff coming for Miami, three DP spots, Jordan. I don't know if we've had that in a long time and I don't think we've really had it where well, they're they going to four. Probably... Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, um, no, but I, I just want to complain real quick because I, I saw some people saying that Phil Neville is going to be their coach of the year. Um, I don't get it. I don't look, Yeah. He did better than he did last season. They finished six. Hooray. But we have have Cincinnati, Pat Noonan above them after being uh, three uh, wooden spoons in a row. I would give the edge to him. Even if you're going to go ahead and say, okay, well, how about uh, here's who's above. Okay. I'm going to make it easier. Here's who's above Phil Neville. All right. Pat Noonan with Cincinnati. Trundle with LAFC. Josh Wolf Wolf with Austin. Those three are way above. Uh, Way above. Uh, Wilfred Nancy. All four of those. Jim Curry. Way above. Yeah, you could give it to Jim, but if you're going to try to make the argument of like... The main argument for Phil is like how he turned it around and stuff. If you're going to give that argument those four coaches turned those teams around much better than Phil Neville did with Miami. Just because Miami was a colossal F up doesn't mean that you get it just for finishing six. You have Cincinnati who made their first playoffs after having a uh, terrible, terrible three straight years, mm-hmm. right? You have Wilfred Nancy who makes Montreal second place, two points off of the union. That's unheard of. LAFC missed the playoffs last year. Trundolo comes in and gets them a supporter shield in his first like, top-flight coaching gig. And then you have Austin, Josh Wolf, how bad they were turning it around. I don't know. I And they all finish with points more than Phil Neville. I don't remember who I saw say that. I saw a couple people on Twitter when they were talking about Coach of the Year, and I was just boggled. My mind was boggled.
1: And let's be honest, uh, I mean, I know they can't control other teams and how they play, but the Columbus crew were a disappointment. I would say New England was a huge disappointment. Atlanta, yeah. massive disappointment. So you got a lot of disappointing teams in the East. Um, I, I think Enter miami just gets in on the fact that the other teams didn't really want that spot. And I know you could say That's that true. for Orlando too, but, like, it's the same thing. Like, you, you just do – they're not like a super, like this team is not a super team. Like this team. Yes. They over, I think they overshot their expectations, but look at the teams below them. Are those teams really that good? Like, was that really that difficult to be? I mean,
0: if you're going to take Cincy and in our <laughs> inner Miami right here, right. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, 64 goals for right. 56 against Miami, 47 goals for 56 against. Mm-hmm. All right. So they mm-hmm. have negative goal differential. Uh, They've, compared to some of these other teams that have positive goal differential that have been just better coached i mean i i I would give it if you're using the argument if you turn them around those other four coaches did a better job so Uh, and i think most people would agree with me on that but i just wanted to vent about that um dallas versus minnesota this is another one that goes to penalties. Reynoso scores in the 53rd minute. Then Dallas equalizes in the 64th. And then seconds later, Reynoso puts the ball back in the net again, but it's called off. And we go to penalties. <laughs> and it is the 5 4 penalties. The last penalty that steps up. Um, who was that? I'm trying to remember. I if I, it's who i think it was it was just totally it's a velasco
1: alan velasco
0: <clears throat> oh, okay
1: the chip shot
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i meant yeah. the miss who was the miss for um I'm trying to find the miss for minnesota where are you why isn't it show oh will trap missed he was the second one to step up um just just sucks uh for minnesota but it's gonna lead to a very interesting storyline for who dallas is about to go face off against uh anything about that game or are we ready to preview the the week
1: just one um i can add on to that coach of the year conversation too uh, you can throw in nico esteves cuz he's had a fantastic year with dallas he's built quite a good team in dallas oh you're going to say adrian he <clears throat> no yeah him too uh no <laughs> Absolutely not. He's the worst Uh, king of getting
0: contract. Yeah.
1: Nico Estevez uh, throw that name in there. Dallas Jordan had the biggest turnaround they've ever had in franchise history. They went from 11th place with 33 points to this year, having 53 points and finishing third in the Western conference. That is much stronger than the Eastern conference. Jordan, another interesting stat on the Miami issue before we move on. Miami last year finished with 41 points. Jordan, this year they finished with 48. So it was not like it was some kind of massive overhaul, where they just had so many more points than they had last year. For they Miami. Were basically the same team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were last year. It's just the East really did have a very average year, and there's a lot of teams that really have a lot of work to do. They are one of them. They have three DP spots open. It could be a worse year li- next year. Like it could be a year next year where some well, of these Eastern teams get better again, and this let's team not forget. starts to fall.
0: We had an Eastern team leave Nashville. That's true. And left, and they're they were coming a playoff back. team. Yes, and they're coming back. So, yes, that might bump out the seventh seed, right. or uh, which is Orlando, or it could, right. you know, bump out the sixth seed. You know, it's and you're going to have a, a rejuvenated crew, maybe a rejuvenated Atlanta, but um, Revs. As, as long <laughs> as Buckner is yeah. at Atlanta, probably right. not. Yeah, no. Um, I would say
1: the Revs and the crew have a good chance of being better than last year. I think Orlando's yeah. got a better chance of being better than this year. Like, I really do think there are teams sitting there that are going to have a higher point total.
0: Toronto's going to have to be better. That's better true.
1: You'd forget about them. With their squad. Yeah. I think Chicago are actually a few players away from being somewhat competitive again, too. So, like, I don't know. You've got a lot of comp- competition there. D.C. United is really far away, but, like... You got a lot of teams, man. If you, if you're Miami, you gotta be careful. Cause again, it, there's three DP spots open. That's a big loss that they're losing Gonzalo. I think he played an extremely important role this year that he's mm-hmm. not ever played. Really. He's, he's really like, he changed so much as a person in this year where he just turned into this captain that they, he was going to lead. And it was really cool to see cause he'd always been, let me just smoke a cigar and hang out like just <laughs> kind of that guy. But um Yeah, no. Before uh, I just wanted to mention that before we move on, Nico Estevez definitely deserves a shout for way more than Phil Neville. Thank you for
0: that. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and preview. uh, It's going to play the same match of the week previews, but it's going to be matches of the week because we got uh, all four playoff games. It's time for the match of the week preview. All right. So matches of the week preview. Uh, We got four playoff games coming up here it is the conference semifinals logan and uh the first one is thursday october 20th 8 p.m on fs1 it's going to be at the sub super park philadelphia union the one seed hosting fc cincinnati we got some insane storylines this round we get Hmm. philly jr (laughs) facing off against philly senior here Union haven't lost at home all season, but here is some of the wrinkles. Head-to-head history, FC Cincinnati only has one win to the Union's five, but that one win this year, 3-1, but that was in Cincinnati. But Philly draws at home 1-1. This matchup scares me. I saw somebody else say this is the only team – that the union played twice this year and did not beat once. Uh, That is terrifying for me. Pat Noonan uh, knows the union, right? They know Jim Curtin. They know the players. We have, they have some of our old players. Sergio Santos went out there and assisted a game winning goal. For people saying, well, it's going to be in Philly, so you know they're not going to be used to our atmosphere. Those players played in our atmosphere. <laughs> they're used to it. It's not going to bother them. I am terrified about this matchup. It has letdown written all over it. This has Dodgers losing to the Padres written all over it. Um, so I am terrified. I am brutally terrified of this matchup. And uh, the one I didn't want. Uh, I saw a lot of Union fans begging for this one. I t- t- don't like that. I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this at all. And uh, I have to give the prediction. I have to give a Philly win because I predicted MLS Cup. I'm not going to back out of it now. But I'm going to say a one nothing Union win. This won't be a 7 nothing victory like we've had at Subaru Park before. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight. It's going to be probably a chilly Thursday up in Chester. Let me check the weather for Thursday. It is going to be 58 degrees during the day, 36 at night. That's going to be pretty cold. Um, So I'm not expecting a big goal scoring situation. Um, Those are my thoughts on it. We haven't played Cincy well this year, so I'm terrified. Am I right to be terrified, Logan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, seriously, Jordan, I think out of the games that I think the union are going to play, I'm going to go on record saying this is going to be the hardest one that they have, and that includes my prediction because I think they win MLS Cup too. I do think Mm -hmm. this is going to be a very difficult game. It's like playing that little brother in the backyard, right, where you could pound everybody else on the playground, beat them easily, but for some reason, and my little brother used to do this to me all the time, he used to beat me one on one. It's because he knew me. He knows my game. He knew the game plan. He knows what I like to do. He knows how many times I go right instead of left. Like that just, it, it always happens that way. Little brother comes in, he knows what's going on. He's seen what you can do. He knows how to counteract. He knows the players. He knows the personnel. He knows the changes. He knows the temperatures. He knows everything about this field. This is a dangerous game. And I will say, I think the hardest game that the Philadelphia Union are going to have, just because I do think the Union are still destined for the MLS Cup. I do think they'll face Austin, uh, spoiler alert, but, um, but I think because of that, I think this ends up being the Union's toughest game. And I do know they've got to probably play Montreal and maybe an LAFC team, but I still think that this game's going to be really difficult for Jim Curtin and Gang. So I'm going to go 1-0 as well. Just because I feel like it's a safe bet. I don't know if the union will be necessarily um, firing on all cylinders because, one, it sounds like Alejandro Bedoya uh, is is not progressing as well as they hoped uh, because he was in training today, but on the side. And that's usually not a good sign. It usually means he's preparing for the week following um, just because they don't want him in live action playing. And off of a bye week, Jordan, you would want Alejandro Bedoya training with the team on a Tuesday when they play on the What is it? Thursday. So Thursday. Yeah, it does not look likely, right? Doesn't look very likely. And if it is, it'll be forty-five minutes, maybe sixty. I would not expect him to play the whole game if they want him for the later rounds. So I'm going to go one-nil. And bye weeks have not been very nice to people in sports lately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) that's another scary thing. (laughs) All right. uh, The another big matchup is El Tráfico Thursday night at 10 o'clock i think it's at 10 o'clock right um it is at uh, yeah 10 p.m eastern time on fs1 so right after union cincinnati i don't know what happens if union cincinnati go extra we'll find out that day i guess um since you know that usually takes two hours Usually two hours even is pushing it, even if you're just going off halftime in the 245s. But one thing I want to point out with El Trafico. This is insane. We get El Trafico for the second round. It sucks. It's Thursday at 10 o'clock, but I'll deal with it. I work from home on Friday so I can stay up a little late. Here's their head-to-head history of all time. Galaxy 6 wins. Five draws, four losses. That obviously is four wins, five draws, six losses for LAFC. In the playoffs, the only knockout game at LAFC Stadium, the Bank of California, whatever they're going to call it now, LAFC won it 5-3 in 2019. It's the only other time they faced off in postseason so far. This year, though, Galaxy won a game in LAFC won a game so this is pretty evenly split and i kind of talked about it earlier how i think the galaxy can get up for this with it being a night game with it being not one of those dreaded (laughs) mid-afternoon unimas games uh twitter games i think though i'm gonna have to go with lafc winning this one two one uh that's my prediction going into thursday
1: all right, Jordan, I'm going to do it. I have doubted the LA Galaxy for so long. I am one that constantly says they're going to miss the playoffs when they don't, um, or when they do. I did last year, told them they weren't going to make the playoffs. They didn't. Then I said they were going to be in a free fall this year. Eh, it didn't work out so well. I'm done doubting the Galaxy, Jordan. LAFC doesn't really plague the Galaxy very well. Like It doesn't matter what turf they're on. It just doesn't seem like LAFC has a good read on them. I think Greg Vanny has a good read on what Toronto could do. Given the experience, Jordan, and I know the players are pretty experienced both sides, but I think Fanny's actually got more experience in the playoffs. I think sharondalo is going to struggle some here in his playoff debut. It's a lot of pressure at home. Jordan, if they lose, this is a ton of pressure and weight uh, on this LA Galaxy team that wins a supporter shield. But I think these fans want history. These fans are used to that expectation right, of the cup. We want everything that we're going to win and we want it all now. Um, And I don't think LAFC is going to do it. I, it does not the, uh, what is it? The odds do not go well for um, the LAFC team to win MLS cup. And I think this is the game they get bounced um, just because there's not been a team really that's done that. So let's bounce LAFC. I think LA galaxy get a two, one win uh, at the bank of California um, and I do. I think Greg Banny's got it. I think Chicharito figures it out. And I think the bye week actually does get to an LAFC team that I think doesn't really need a bye week in between playoff games or any games at all.
0: That's surprising for me, Logan. Uh, yeah. Like you said, you never talk up the galaxy. So, of course, it's going to fall backwards right. on you so much. Of course it is. It's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> going to hurt. Sunday, what was your scoreline again? 2-1. We best said 2-1. Two, two, one. One. Uh, Montreal versus NYCFC. This is an intriguing matchup. We got Montreal, this up-and-coming team that has really overachieved, I feel like, uh, is going up against MLS Cup champions, uh, NYCFC, but Montreal gets the hostess. Now, this is kind of surprising for me when I looked at the stats. Overall, Montreal's only won two games ever against NYCFC. NYCFC has won nine and they've had five draws. Montreal has only scored 13 goals against NYCFC. They had Montreal hosted a 1 1 draw in July and NYCFC hosted a 4 1 win in March. So I'm not really sure where to go with this, but I I think while I've been saying Montreal is a dark horse, I'm going to have to probably lean NYCFC. I don't know. I don't want to ruin my perfect bracket. Um, what do I do? Uh, I could see it going either way. I'm gonna go ahead and say NYCFC get the 2 0 win. Oh, I don't feel good about that, but I'm putting,
1: yeah. So, Jordan, this is an interesting matchup just because, uh, besides the Galaxy, these two are the hottest teams coming into the MLS playoff. Uh, Son- yeah, Mont- Montreal. Their last loss was August 31st. Their last draw was the 9th of September. They've won every single game in between, which has been six games, including last night against Orlando City. Um, So six games on a streak here. Um, The uh, Sorry, NYCFC have not lost for four straight games. Um, They look good. I mean, they looked a lot better than they had before when Ronnie Daila just up and left. I think they've kind of figured out the system still. They know what's going on. They didn't really lose much besides Tati, and they kind of made up for it because Tyus Magno has been really good. So I don't know. This, Like you said, Jordan, I just don't have a good feeling for Montreal this game. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. I think because they weren't great against Orlando. Like I thought they should have really put Orlando to bed, and they just let them hang. And Orlando's really bad. And that was at home. It's like it still feels like Montreal is like this inexperienced, Team that doesn't quite understand playoffs yet,
0: going up against NYCFC a team that is, is a champion. Yeah, right. it, that knows how to do it. Right, yeah, and that's just... a, that's Sunday at one o'clock on ESPN. And again, just a really weird schedule. One o'clock on Sunday, and then we'll have no game until Sunday at eight o'clock. Like, mm-hmm. just weird. um Especially right in the middle of NFL football. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I think it's just like they want counter-programming because people are not usually putting on espn because they're watching the football game so give them a reason to put on espn is what they're trying to do uh there you go so that's one o'clock sunday that's my mom's birthday by the way so happy birthday mom coming up here and then we have austin versus dallas a texas Derby. uh So these second round games have been giving us all these storylines and rivalries. So it's great. This is another surprising thing that I noticed when I looked at this. Austin has never beat Dallas. (laughs) Two draws, three losses. Now, of course, this is only their second season. Dallas has three wins, two draws, no losses. Dallas has scored 12 goals. Austin scored seven. This year, two draws so far. One at each stadium. So is this the matchup Austin would want? Probably not. Now, Dallas could have looked better uh, against Minnesota. Jesus Ferra missed some open chances. All their players really missed some open chances. But Austin didn't look that convincing against RSL. This will be in Austin. I'm going to go ahead and say Dallas with the upset. I'm going to say 3 1 Dallas.
1: Did you type down the predictions?
0: I did. Okay. I didn't write did, down yours for NYCFC. What you have? Montre- you had NYCFC? 2 0. Oh, that's what I had.
1: NYCFC. Okay. Um, I, I, this will be interesting, Jordan. This is a clash of two totally different teams. Austin is a very attack minded team, and Dallas has the best defense in the West. So, uh, man. This could get ugly. This is going to be chippy. These teams don't like each other. The state doesn't like each other. Like the, these two cities in the state don't like each other. This this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping these two stay relevant for quite some time, because I do feel like this could be a, a really good rivalry coming yeah. up. Um, probably one of our best in MLS. But I, I'm 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 just torn on the fact that like I just don't think you can beat Austin at home. Like, I really just am convinced because that atmosphere is absolutely bonkers. I think they play a lot better than they did. Uh, They probably were very nervous against RSL. It's their first home game in front of the the fans for the first time in the playoffs. It's got to be nerve-wracking. They came back and won that game in a very nice fashion. So I think that this will go well. I think Austin – or sorry, I think Dallas at times – does really struggle to score. And I think yeah. you're going to see that here because I think Austin has a pretty good defense and only allowed 49 goals this year, which is up there at the top of the West. So again, I, I think it's going to be a tough go for Dallas. I'm going to say Austin, win this three, nil blowout city,
0: you know, you just talked me into wanting to change it, but I'm not going to, I'm going <laughs> to stick with what we got because <laughs> I'm, you know, I feel like that'd be unfair for me to yeah. change that all right well that was fun these uh these games
1: they've been great
0: been good uh the storylines in in week two here are you know you best of the laughs Jim Curtin versus yep. his protege right we have uh an El Trafico we have a Texas Derby we have up-and-coming Montreal maybe coach of the year Nancy facing off against the former champs from last year and who knows? Maybe, maybe we get, City Field hosting a MLS Cup.
1: Yeah, that'll be exciting. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Play some like meaning, meaningful games in October.
0: City Field does look better than Yankee Stadium. Though. It really does. It just
1: looks so much better. I agree, which is really sad because I shouldn't have to be agreeing to that. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Shouldn't have to be picking what baseball, Which baseball stadium field we're playing looks in. Soccer, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Jordan, you know what they don't have? Like the phenom guy, right? He's like the LeBron James of soccer. <laughs> that they don't have in any of the New York teams because what we say they don't like stars there in New
0: York City. Well, he's too busy sitting on Chelsea's bench. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's unfortunate. But guess what? We got World Cup coming up, not So here's here's what we got coming up. We got the 23rd is mm. the next is the last day of this round of the playoffs. Then we have the 30th. Then we have MLS Cup on the 5th. We have the expansion draft on the 7th, I think. Yeah. And we have
1: rosters on the 8th.
0: Also, we have CONCACAF Champions League draw on the uh-huh. 7th, I think as well. Yeah and then Isn't we go, is rosters it rosters eighth rosters are the ninth, ninth. <laughs> we have the rosters on the ninth and then we go into the world cup for the 19th oh my gosh we're, we're gonna be busy of a time here. Yeah, we're gonna, we're be, gonna busy. be so busy
1: we got so busy. previews to do still
0: previews to do still uh sporkle quizzes for logan to do still um but yeah it's over we are screwed That's how we feel. (laughs) Yes, yep. Uh, The impending doom of... uh, Everything coming to an end. Well, hopefully... Hopefully everything works out. Uh, If you want to give us a follow or reach out to us on all of our socials, we're at statesideshow. For all of our socials. And statesideshow at gmail.com. So we'll catch you all next time, which would be the... 24th. Probably putting it up late the 24th for our conference semifinals uh, review and our preview at the conference finals. I'm excited. I'm trying to get if, if Union hosts this MLS Cup, I'm trying to get there on the 5th. It's uh, weird. It's 4 o'clock on a Saturday. Some bonker times. i, I for this stuff but i hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and if you're still if your team's still in it i'm sure you're feeling the way i am very nervous as we get closer to these games any last words logan
1: um i'm pretty relaxed
0: jordan about the mls cup playoffs but that's just because my team's team's at home (laughs) right like all your other sports teams thank you i really appreciate you (laughs) throwing
1: me under the bus there further
0: uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. We'll catch you all next time, breaking down the conference semifinals.
1: Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on!
0: Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.